excellent. So it's my uh, privilege to introduce Freddie. Freddie's uh, got to know Freddie over the last couple of years. Freddie's married to Georgie, and they've got Reggie. Um, Reggie is a dog, by the way. Uh, and uh, the only dog I know that's madder than my dog, Logan. It's cra- yeah, it, yeah, he wears the ball over the whole of his head, doesn't he, most of the time? He's pretty crazy. Um, Freddie's one of the youth workers from Trinity Methodist Church. For those that don't know, we uh, have a midweek meeting for our young people. That's with the Trinity young people and, and Oasis young people. We call that Junction. And uh, I have to say, it's been great to have Freddie around to kind of encourage and inspire our, our young people as well as the Trinity young people. And um, last year we had a, a joint weekend away, didn't we? All in. And uh, Freddie went up in my estimations. Anyone that can share a leader's room with Tim Breer, my days. Just incredible. So, Freddie, well done for surviving the weekend of that. And you've got another one coming up. And so on the back of that, next Sunday morning, we're looking to do sausage cobs to help raise money for our weekend away. Um, so, uh, be mindful of that. But, uh, yes, yeah, great that we've got Freddie with us. Let's, let's pray, Freddie. And, uh, yeah, we just want to be open how God uses you tonight. So, Father, we just thank you, Freddie. Lord, thank you for the gift that he is to your church and uh, his heart to serve young people. But Lord, we just thank you that he's got hope, a heart that's open to your Holy Spirit. So I just pray that as he shares some of his faith journey tonight, that we would be open to where you want to lead us through his words in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, I do have some slides which I've been told will definitely be on the screen. Ah, there we go. Um, that's me, obviously. This one. Um, and that's my wife, Georgie, and that is Reggie. <laughs> he has got a little Santa outfit on there, actually. You can't really see it properly, but he looked great. Um, before I kind of dive into what I wanted to talk to you about tonight, I actually heard something on the radio the other day that relates directly to this um, bit of scripture on the screen. And this lady here actually prayed um, about it as well. Um, and the chap on the radio said that um, this bit of scripture, it relates to, it's in Revelation, and it's talking about spiritual warfare, and it's talking about how... Um, our primary weapon against spiritual warfare is the blood of the Lamb. It's the blood of Jesus dying on the cross. And we can't, that's what our whole faith is based on. That's the foundation of our faith. But the author of Revelation puts next to that the word of our testimony. And every single person in here tonight who believes, every single person in here tonight who's got faith has got a testimony. And it might be something that says, oh, I grew up in church and I came to faith through pretty orthodox terms that's still a powerful testimony that's still as powerful as you you wouldn't even believe be encouraged tonight share your testimony with people tell people about your journey with god it will change lives um so tonight um yeah can we have the next slide is that okay um so as andy said i uh, that's me in the middle rocking the snapback from day one um so i grew up in long eaton um and I had a really supportive family growing up. Um, mum and dad, I've got two sisters, older and younger. That's my older sister there next to me and my younger sister down there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I had a great time growing up. Um, I was really supported in everything that I ever did. Um, and yeah, just really supportive family. And my mum's parents, they both passed away, but they, they uh, worshipped Jesus in Kegworth, um, St. Andrew's Church in Kegworth. I don't know if any of you have ever been there. Um, and when I was growing up, I used to go to church often, um, and I used to hear about Jesus, I used to go to Sunday school. Um, so I kind of grew up kind of knowing a little bit about God and, and what he offered, but I never really kind of opened my heart completely to him. 
And when I was about six years old, um, I started playing football. I started playing for Long Eaton United. Um, can we have the next one? There we go. When we did this with the young people, I said, can you guess which one I am? And um, none of them got it. None of them guessed. But I am, I am in there, back left, second in, looking pretty cold. Um, but yeah, I started playing football when I was about six years old. And that was everything that I wanted to do then. I was, all I wanted to do was play football. Um, I was kicking footballs around the living room and breaking ornaments, constantly football. Um, and this kind of carried on until I was about 11. And then I started playing for another team called Pegasus, which are based in Stapleford. Um, but when I started playing for Pegasus, I had to, um, when I played for Long Eaton, I used to play on a Saturday afternoon. Um, so I still used to go to church occasionally. When I started playing for Pegasus, they used to play on a Sunday morning. So I sacrificed going to church to play football. Now, to me, that wasn't a, oh, oh I miss going to church. It was just, I can play more football. It was great. Um, and so this kind of carried on as I was growing up. Um, kept, kept playing football for these teams. I was playing for school. Um, and when I was 16 years old, um, I was playing football in Calverton. I don't know if any of you know. It's kind of like North Nottingham near Arnold. Um, I was playing there on a Saturday afternoon, um, and I got injured. I got injured. I caught, got caught in a really uh, bad tackle. And initially when it happened, I thought that I'd broken my leg. And so I got rushed to A&E, and they said, you've not broke your leg. They x-rayed it. They said, no, it's fine. So to me, I was like, oh, that's a relief. I've not broken my leg. Result. Came back in two weeks later because they wanted me to come back, and uh, I got seen by a, a, a consultant. I can't remember his name. It was a South African chap. He didn't really speak very good English. Um, and he kind of prodded and poked at my leg a little bit, and he kept nodding ominously. And I was thinking, oh, no, what's he going to say? And um, he said, oh, I'm really sorry, but you've damaged your knee quite significantly, and we're going to have to do some surgery on it. So I said, fine, fine, yeah, do whatever you need to do. And he said, oh, it's going to be about a year until you can play football again. Now, to me at that moment, that was earth-shattering. Like, if you imagine whatever hobby you do now or whatever you did when you were 16, imagine in an instant being told, you're not going to be able to do that for a while. Like, to me, that was huge. And... I remember that day. It was the worst day of my life up to this day. It was a horrendous day. And I went through lots of different operations. I used to go to Derby Hospital every day for physio. And it was a really difficult time for me. And um, this kind of carried on. I was going for rehab. I was having to like stay late at school to do work. I was, it was a really real struggle. And um, as this went on, it got to the point where I said to the, the chap who did the surgery about 18 months later, I said, look, just give me an honest answer. Am I ever going to play football again? And he said, I don't think so. So that was the end of that, and it was really difficult for me. That was what I'd built my whole life on, was playing football. And um, whilst I was going to rehab and things like that was when I was doing my A-level, so I was kind of thinking, oh, what am I going to do at uni? A lot of our young people are at that stage now, oh, I don't know what to do at uni. And it's a really difficult time. And um, I had a really good physio there called Rachel, and she said, why don't you think about doing physio? You know, you're really interested in sport and biology and kind of human anatomy. Why don't you look down that route? So I thought, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. So I looked into to physio and kind of what it offered, and it really appealed to me. So I thought, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this a try. I'm going to um, apply for uni, which I did. And I got in. I got into uni at Manchester. And I'm just going to backtrack ever so slightly. Six months before I went to university, another significant moment in my life happened, and it was when I met my wife. And my friend, some of my friends were going out with some of George's friends, so we kind of had mutual, like, links and um, my mates kept badgering me, oh, there's this really, really nice girl called Georgie. You, you would get on a, get on a treat. 
And, I, oh, and so I Facebook stalked her, obviously, as you do. And I thought, oh, yeah, yeah, she's, yeah, she's pretty good looking. Yeah, kind of, kind of fancy her. And um, so when this invite came to go to a barbecue, I was like, oh, I'm a bit nervous now. I'm going to actually have to meet her. Um, so I went along and we met and we started chatting. And we hit off straight away and we started going out. And what was really crucial there was that when this happened, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't walking with Jesus. I wasn't a Christian. But Georgie was. She knew God. She'd given her life to Jesus. She was walking in faith. Um, and this was something that I was fine with. You know, I was open to different things. I, I wasn't committed into anything. So I, I was fine with this. I wasn't bothered. Um, so, yeah, so off I went to university. And can we just have the next slide? I'm not sure if it's this one that I want or not. No, we can back it up. You could put that one on, but it doesn't matter. Um, but anyway, I went to university, and um, when I was at university, I was searching. Um, I wanted something different, and university offered me that because it was a new place. It was with new people, um, and when I was there, you know, I made a lot of poor choices. I, I, I drank too much. I went out too much. I made mistakes. I did things that weren't good, um, and, you know... It was, I was walking in sin without even realizing it. And I was definitely searching for something more. And what I was putting that in was, it was friends, it was socializing. I started learning a bit of music. It was those sorts of things. That's what I was putting my faith in. When I was in my final year at uni, um, Georgie got a, 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 she went down to Worthing to do uh, musical theater. So we had a year of sort of long distance type relationship, which was quite challenging. Um, but as I came to graduate, um, I managed to get a, ju- a job in Worthing, which is the next slide, if that's okay. There we go. I don't know if anyone's been to... Has anyone been to Worthing? It's, it's a strange place. It's kind of like ideal if you're a physio because there's just loads of old people there. <laughs> but there we are in Worthing. That's actually in Brighton, that one on the, the left-hand side. Um, so we... So I moved to Worthing um, to start a new job there and kind of start a new chapter almost. And when I moved there, um, I had to live in hospital accommodation when I was there for the first month or so. I didn't know anybody there. I didn't know my way around. It was a brand new job. It was, it was really daunting and I felt quite vulnerable when I started there. And I came to realize that before this had happened, when I, when I was growing up, I built my life on football. Football was my cornerstone in life, if you could say. When that went, I built my life on social relationships, on getting to know people. All of a sudden, that was gone. And all of a sudden, I found that I was floundering a bit. I didn't quite know what I was doing. And I used to go out quite a lot on walks into the South Downs. It's, it's an amazing place to walk if anyone's ever gets the chance. And I used to... I had a lot of big questions in my mind. I had a lot of things that I wasn't sure about. Why... Why do these things happen? If there's a God, what does this mean? Big questions that I wanted answered. And um, Georgie moved back to start uni again. And I said to her, I want to get to know a little bit about what you do when you're here. I want to get to know about the people that you kind of socialize with and stuff like that. So I said, can I come to church with you? Obviously, looking in hindsight, that was me searching for something. At the time, I was like, I just want to like, see some new people, trying to play it cool. Um, so along we went, and we went to a church called Jubilee, which I don't know if anyone's um, heard of it. It's a New Frontiers church in Worthing. Um, and I was, I'd grown up with Church of England type services, quite ritual-based services, 
sing a hymn, sit down, say a prayer, listen to someone talk, that kind of thing. Jubilee was like the complete opposite of that. There, I, I went there and there were, it was just incredible. There was open worship, there were people on their knees, there was people waving flags. It was like something that I'd never seen. And I thought, this is, this is incredible. But the thing that struck me the most was the fact that when I got there, everyone was happy. Everyone was like clapping and stuff. And I thought, this is weird. Like, I'm used to seeing Christians that are just unhappy. I thought you had to be unhappy to be a Christian. It was strange. And um, so when, when the service came to a conclusion, the, the, the pastor there said that they were running an alpha course. And the way he phrased it was, we're running an alpha course, and it's a great opportunity if you've got big questions and if you want to meet people. And I thought, well, yeah, I do want to meet some people because I don't really know anybody here. So it would be a nice way for me to you know, find out if there's anyone else like me. So along I went on to the Alpha course and a couple of George's friends came and Georgie came as well. And as the course was progressing, um, I started to find that I had a lot of my questions were being answered in a lot of the talks. I grew up knowing that, um, you know, there's that, there's that scripture in uh, the Gospel of John where it says that uh, God sent his only son to save the world, that sort of thing. And I knew that Jesus was here to save the world. All of a sudden, I started realizing that Jesus came to save me, personally. Freddie Kemish from Long Eaton. Some spots and a slightly bigger nose. He came to save me. And this was revolutionary for me. I couldn't believe it. And one night, um, the person who was leading the talk was talking about science and faith. How can... God exists, hasn't science disproved God? All of these things. And that was a big stumbling block for me in my journey to faith. And as I heard the talk, I started to realize that a lot of my questions were being answered. And I can't remember what the date was. I can't remember what I was wearing. But that was the night when they prayed a believer's prayer and I gave my life to Jesus. Now, when I gave my life to Jesus, <laughs> sorry, I've just seen that. <laughs> who, who is it? <laughs> Um, but that night when I gave my life to Jesus, in here, I knew what Jesus had done for me. I knew what he'd done. I knew what God had done, and I was getting a glimpse as to what God's plan was. And after the, you guys run the Elf course, don't you? So after this session, they were talking about Holy Spirit Day. And there was like a big thing, the Holy Spirit Day. And I can remember thinking, oh, I'm a bit nervous about this. I've seen what happens to people when the Holy Spirit occurs. You know, they... They fall over or they like start screaming or talking in a funny language. And this was all new to me. This was all alien. And I, I was really nervous about it. I didn't, I didn't want God to do something in me that I didn't want to happen. And Georgie just said, look, just have an open mind and just see what happens. Just see how God moves. So we went along to the day and we had a, a few talks about what the Holy Spirit is and how we can, you know, how... God sent him to be a guide for us and all those sorts of things. And as the pastor started praying at the end, um, I just stood there and I could feel immediately that the Holy Spirit was dwelling on me. And I thought, wow, this feels incredible. And it was great. And I thought, yeah, I, I'm, I'm all for this. And then he came around and he started praying for me. And as soon as he put his hand on me, it struck me that someone had said something in a previous Alpha course and it was this. Before you give your life to Jesus, before you know Jesus, your heart is empty. You've got a heart of stone. And I can remember thinking at that stage, well, my heart doesn't feel empty. 
I've got a, a good job. I've got an amazing girlfriend. I've got a good family. Like, what more do I need in my life? And as soon as he laid his hand on me, I could feel my heart was empty. I can't describe it to you. If you've had that feeling, it's a strange feeling, but my heart was completely empty. And I'm just going to read now from Ezekiel. It's chapter 36, verses 26 to 27. And it says this. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. And as he was praying for me, my heart was filling. My heart was changing. I'd given my life to Jesus at this point. I'd given it here, but I'd not given it there. And God was filling my heart and he was changing my heart. And it, it's by the spirit that God does that. We can't do that for ourselves. In Zechariah, it says, it's not by power or by might, it's by the Spirit. We cannot do it ourselves. We need the Spirit to do it. And so he kept praying for me, and he was like talking in tongues, and it was incredible. And then he started blowing on me. Started blowing on me. Weird. But we sang, we sang about it earlier, about that army of dry bones. And in, in the, the Gospel of Ezekiel, it goes on to say that about... Um, you know, dry bones coming to life. And he started blowing on me, and I thought, this is going to happen. I'm going to fall down. And that was the one thing that I'd said to God, don't let me fall down, please. I really don't want to fall down. And as soon as he started blowing on me, I thought, I'm going. And I was rocking, and I was doing everything I could to not go down. I was curling my toes, all of the, the lot. I was doing the lot. And um, it was as if in that moment, God had said, look, you've given your life to me here. I've given you a new heart here. Now, are you going to trust me? Are you going to trust me with your life? And I was battling. I was fighting. You can't fight God. Down I went. And I went down in the spirit, and I was prophesied over. And it was a life-changing moment. It was a, a mountain-top moment for me. And, yeah, it, it knocked me for six. And after this, um, I started going to a small group, and I started learning a bit more about Jesus, started learning about the Old Testament scripture, all of this kind of stuff. And what I want to just say there is that when I gave my life to Jesus, when I opened my heart to the Spirit, I didn't know that much about the Bible. I didn't know what the word theology meant. I didn't know these things. But in in Romans it says, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Paul says that, he doesn't say, if you can quote all of the Old Testament scripture, if you can, you know, say all of the, the disciples, if you believe in your heart, you will be saved. Simple. So this carried on. Um, could we have the next picture, please? Yeah, so this carried on, and... Um, as I started learning more about God, I, I wanted to publicly declare that I love Jesus. And I told this to the pastor at the church, and he said, well, we're going to do some baptisms soon, so why don't you get involved with that? And Georgie said that she wanted to be baptized as well. And, yeah, so we started learning about baptism, and we started learning about that story in the Bible about Nicodemus being born again. And he says, what, you mean born again? Like, actually born again? No, spiritually born again. It's, it's quite a funny bit. Um... And yeah, so we, we both got baptised in the English Channel. It's, it's blooming cold, I tell you. When, it's funny, when I, when I came out of the water, it, in my head I thought, it's either I'm shivering, is it the spirit or is it just really cold? 
Um, so yeah, we got baptized. And before we got baptized, um, I was taught about this whole thing about being born again and about having our sins washed away and all this thing. And before I'd given my life to Jesus and before all of that happened, and even after that had happened, I was walking in sin. I was walking in addiction. I was walking in temptation. And I can remember thinking to myself, if I get baptized, I'm quids in. My temptation's gone. My sin's gone. My addiction's gone. And that's what I thought. I thought, as soon as I come out of that water, I'm going to be a new man. I'm going to be born again. And I got baptized, and I came home, went back to work, and I found that I was still walking in the same addiction. I was still walking in the same temptation. And I can remember thinking, God, I've got baptized in the sea. Surely that's like one up from getting baptized in a pool. Surely now I can be free of this temptation and this sin. And, you know, I believe that God heals people instantly. I've seen people healed instantly. I'm, I'm sure we have here as well. God healed me over time. God convicted me over time because God wanted me to learn that lesson over time. And, again, it's with the Spirit that God healed me. And when I was in those moments of temptation, I used to just picture Jesus on the cross. And I used to think, if Jesus loved me so much that he died for me, I can stop this. I can change this. And God did change that for me. And I look back on my life now, and, you know, before I even knew God, he was working in me. He was working things for good in my life. We hear it in Romans, don't we? I'll I'll make all things work for good. Not some things, all things work for good in your life. Could we have the next slide, please? Hey, there we go. It's funny, actually, at Trinity, because this this was obviously taken outside Trinity. Um, It's not a particularly photogenic place to get married, (laughs) We ended up having some photos done behind like a big shipping unit. <laughs> a bit weird. Um, but yeah, before I even knew God, he put Georgie in my life. He gave me that invite to that barbecue before I even knew him. He was working in my life before I even had him there. Could we have the next slide, please? It's funny. I said to the young people, can you guess which one's me? <laughs> they said, the guy in the middle. Before I knew God... I got injured on that football field. God hated that moment. But he looked at that and he said, what good can come of this? And he, he, he created a career for me that I love doing what I do. I, I work with straight patients in the community and it's an incredibly rewarding career. And God gave me that before I even knew him. Could we have the next slide, please? And what I want to say tonight is that when, when we come to Jesus, we've got to open our hearts to him. He can't do it for us. This, I don't know if you guys have seen this picture. Um, it's a picture of Jesus knocking on the door. It's quite a famous painting. But the crucial thing here is there's no handle on that door. Jesus can't let himself into our lives. We've got to open ourselves up to Jesus. We've got to open ourselves up to him, to let him in, to let him work in our lives and change our hearts from the inside out. We heard it in Ezekiel. It's through the spirit that our hearts are changed. And, you know, tonight I'd encourage you to open your heart. We heard it earlier from Andy. Open your heart. Be desperate for God. It will do incredible things in your life. I just want to finish with this. You know, sometimes in life, we learn a lot about, especially at the moment, we learn so much about the world, creation. Could we have the last slide? Sorry. Creation, pain, suffering, all of these sorts of things. 
And it can be really difficult when we get entangled in all that stuff. We can get lost in it. And we can lose sight of what really matters. And in the Bible, Jesus says to, the, to his disciples in, in the Gospel of Mark, he says, who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? And Peter says to him, you are the Messiah. And you know, when we get lost in all these things, we can lose sight of Jesus. We can lose sight of him in our lives. And that's what he's saying there. He's saying, look at me. I'm Jesus. I'm the Messiah. Look at me. And you know, we know that Jesus walked this earth. We know that he died on a cross for our sins and that he rose again and he defeated sin. Sin is never going to come back. Jesus defeated it. We're living in victory today. You know, if we dwell on Jesus' life, if we open our hearts to Jesus, we might not understand the ways of the world. We might not know everything about the Bible. But what we do know is that Jesus can change lives and whatever you're going through tonight, God's bigger than it. God can change it. God can do better things from it whatever you're going through tonight. And it might be that tonight you've come here with a closed heart. It might be that you don't know Jesus. I'd encourage you tonight, step out in faith. Learn more about Jesus. We learn in the Bible that Jesus says, look, he says, learn about, count up the cost about following me. If you're at that stage tonight, go and learn about Jesus. Learn about what he did on this earth. You might come tonight with a closed heart because you feel insecure. You might feel like you've not got an identity. The Bible says in Galatians, it says, in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. That's where we find our identity in Jesus. Open your heart to him. He will do incredible things and he will make you feel secure in him. Tonight, you might be coming with pain. You might be coming with suffering and you're closing your heart to that part of your life to God. The Bible says, In Job, it says, when he has tested me, I will come forth as gold. As gold. God wants you to persevere. He wants to be in that part of your life. Open that heart to that part of your life. Let Jesus in. You know, it might be tonight that you've come here with a certain sin or a certain temptation or a certain addiction. You might be struggling with that. You might have closed that door to your life to God and you said no I don't want you in that bit you can have every other part of me but you're not having that bit you know in 1 John he says one of the most incredible promises that we can have in God he says if we confess our sins he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness if we confess our sins we need to open our heart to that part of our life we need to let Jesus in but what a promise Amen. Amen. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us of all unrighteousness. Everything wiped clean completely. You know, it might be tonight that you've come here and you're just uncertain. You're asking questions. You're not sure if God exists. You're not sure if God's the right thing for you. You're not sure if you're putting all your eggs in one basket and and you might live to regret it. But you know, in John 14, verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, the life. What an incredible scripture. Jesus has almost answered the big questions. I am the way, the truth, the life. You know, I'd encourage you guys tonight, step out in faith. Step out in faith. Open your hearts to Jesus.
And you know, I'd love it if we could pray for some of you guys tonight for whatever it is that you feel that God's stirring in your heart. I'm just going to pray a prayer now. And we're going to have some time of worship and I want this to be open. I want people to, to feel like they can just move as the Spirit's leading them. But I'm just going to pray this prayer. And you can pray it in your hearts. You can pray it out loud. Do as you feel, lad. Lord Jesus, I want to know you personally. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. And I open the door of my life to you and ask you to come in as my saviour and as my Lord. Take control of my life. Thank you for forgiving my sins and giving me eternal life. And make me the person that you want me to be.